Welcome to Dharma Glimpses, an introduction to the profound treasury teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, taught by Judy Leaf. Judy will be taking a summer break so she can focus on the upcoming profound treasury retreats in Maine and Colorado. From now until September, we will be replaying episodes from the spring of 2022. In this episode, originally published last July, Judy discusses when you lose your mind, come back. Welcome. Today I'd like to focus on a simple saying, which goes like this. When you lose your mind, come back. When you lose your mind, come back. You can think of this as advice in terms of your meditation practice, or a way of thinking of meditation practice as continually and repeatedly losing our mind and continually and repeatedly bringing ourselves back. In fact, that's actually a lot of what happens in meditation. And you could say that the distraction itself, noticing we've lost it, is the moment we can return. So you could say, returning and returning. What are we returning to? It's actually pretty hard to put in words exactly what we are returning to, but it has sometimes been described as returning to the simplicity of the present moment, or what is happening right here now, simple experience without twists and turns or interpretations or elaborations, but experience that is most basic, raw, intimate, and true. When you lose your mind, come back. Another thing about this phrase is it implies kind of a dynamic quality of what we're doing when we're trying to work with our mind, with its distractions, with its upheavals, with its uh, insights, and in all its complexity, and beginning to see how that arises from a very simple place. Another phrase my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, used to use quite a lot was, don't think too much. And that's a very simple but powerful advice, especially in such a conceptually sophisticated and word communication-based culture, such as that of the modern world. Of course, thinking is essential. Thinking is useful. We approach and first encounter the Dharma often through words, through thinking, through videos or various uh, verbal or written teaching. So thinking is definitely a part of it. So what are the values and the limits of thinking and the conceptual understanding? What are its limits and what are its benefits? And what is thinking too much? What is that about? What does that imply? On a simple level, thinking too much can simply refer to obsessing about stuff, being over-interpretive and somewhat impatient, trying to pin things down through the power of our clever minds, through the power of our words. I think it also points to the tendency to, because we understand something conceptually, we think we really understand it at a deeper level dharmically, and that can be a misunderstanding and can lead us astray, so to speak, in getting ahead of ourselves what we truly know on a deep and embedded, embodied level, as opposed to surface knowledge, no matter how clever it may be. The phrase, uh, don't think too much, also is a suggestion that there's other ways of knowing that we need to access, other ways of knowing that are not verbal, not conceptual, and that can be accessed by practices such as uh, mindfulness and awareness or sitting meditation. There may seem to be a bit of a paradox here because the Buddhist tradition has tons of volumes of written teachings and sophisticated logical systems and all kinds of words, sutras and written down teachings that are revered. There's a great reverence for the written word all the way down to the 
reverence for the alphabet itself, the vowels and the consonants and the letters and the words, tremendous respect. And scholarship is highly valued. Yet to be a realized person, to live a dharmic lifestyle, you do not need to be a scholar. You do not need to be all that clever. There's a different level that needs to be accessed. Personally, I deal with a lot of words myself. I do a lot of editing and also teaching, so I'm using words all the time. I'm using words right now. I'm using words to talk about not using words. But over time, through my practice and through what I've learned, I also see the limits of words. I've seen how Dharma can point you beyond words, basically. Words point you beyond words. So when you lose your mind, come back, it could be coming back from the tangle of conceptual knots, conceptual knots and fascinations to something immediate and basic and close to the heart. Trungpa Rinpoche used the terms intellect and intuition, referring to these two, these two streams, I suppose you could say. And they're not in opposition, not of war, concepts bad, uh, non-concept good, but there's a sense of sophistication in the interplay of those two. There's knowledge and there's wisdom. So I think the main thing is to, to know the difference between the two and to uncover wisdom through knowledge, not cover it over through our cleverness, our words, and our more superficial understandings of things. I sometimes think of this as the rational mind and the creative mind and the interplay of those two. And perhaps meditation and practices like meditation are simply rebalancing those two components, those two abilities. We're so taught from early on to so highly value rational mind and rational thinking, and there's a good reason for that. But then we find that our wisdom capacity is stunted, is not nurtured in the same way. So maybe meditation, one thing it's doing is nurturing those aspects of ourselves that get buried in the rush and the strong bias towards solving everything by trying to figure them out, trying to figure them out, trying to push solutions through the cleverness and brilliance of our thought process. And this is pointing us to something that's more slow, more deep, more simple, that awakens a different kind of understanding, which you might call wisdom that awakens a different kind of being, which you might call compassion. So intellect and intuition, bringing our mind back and bringing our mind back and bringing our mind back and losing our mind and losing our mind. Let's do that over and over and see what happens. Thank you for joining me for this glimpse of Dharma. This podcast is made possible through the support of the Hamera Foundation. To learn more about Judy Leaf's teachings, publications, and retreats, or to contribute to the support of this podcast, please visit judyleaf.com.